called? You called the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, welcome back to Daredevil Season 3 Commentaries with my dad and awesome senior contributor, Papa Bizzle. Uh, dad, we're going to count the people right into this one. No good deed. Uh, but I will say, as I said to you off mic, in the best dark series and movies like Rogue One, Children of Men, Breaking Bad, there, while there may be arguably happy endings at the very end of these series and Game of Thrones, this is when the getting kicked in the balls as a watcher starts and you just keep getting kicked in the balls over and over and over again. <laughs> and you never, like uh, Charlie Cox, we never want it to stop. Right. That would be a funny topic to talk about. We always criticize him wanting the pain, but man, do we like the pain with this stuff. So. Guys, we're going to count you right in. Get the Netflix logo going on the white background. It's about three seconds in. I'm going to count from three to two to one. Say go. Subtitles sound. I leave it up to you. Uh, yeah, Dan, again, I ha- you've seen this more recently. I haven't seen it since air date, so I am very pumped. And I did a summer research because I've been talking a lot about Batman. It turns out Batman was not a major in- uh, influence on this character, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of Daredevil if we have time in this Great. episode. And I will Great. probably... St- uh, stretch it out um, uh, but I, I will say really quickly then we'll count he is a Stanley creation and God bless Stanley just God seriously bless God bless him yeah okay so okay guys get queued up and season 3 episode 3 Daredevil no good deed and uh, Jessica Jones right on the corner dad fingers crossed unbelievable that'll come up in my in my history so here comes the countdown 3 Two, one, and play. Let's see where this starts. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh yes. Is he in a real is this, shower? Is yeah. this prison? Yeah. Oh no, this this is in the penthouse. Yep. Thus begins being, uh, the penthouse process of Wilson Fisk. And never have I wanted to see a large fat baby in a shower. I complain about shower scenes, but this is making, you know how I talked about this, the artistic spinning camera, making fun of the shitty spinning camera. Yeah. This is, uh, taking the shitty shower scene, which almost never works. Here we go. And that thus begins the cops being really, really, really unhappy about the situation. Yeah. And, And like in Batman, the dark Knight, which was the third, I'm sorry, the dark Knight rises dead. After the cops were corrupt in Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises the tri- end of the trilogy, like this is the end of the trilogy, the cops become super good guys, and they're dealing with levels of terrorism in brains, uh-huh. a.k.a. Tom Hardy, like they've never seen. Tom Hardy is basically the international criminal version of Fisk. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great parallel. Here's Dex. Um, by the way, Dad, we talked about how we really get into Dex as a character because of his mental illness and complexity. But we also, as much as we love the nun, his, Dex's therapist and his twisted imagination is so fascinating when we get there. Yeah, yeah. The whole yeah, thing I said in the first episode lots of mean things, including that Dex was so-so. Dex is an amazing Netflix villain. I don't know what I was thinking. He's amazing, yeah. yeah. He is. He's a very intense guy. Really bad. So this is the, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. They so, they they were just bring they were just bringing him here for the first time when this yeah. whole, yeah, 
Shit show, by the man. way, the fact that they keep giving our, our Indian buddy uh, ruffled hair um, it emphasizes how hard he's working, but also how confused he is. Uh-huh. He, he's such a good guy with such spectacular hair. It, it's a good move. <laughs> right. And as we've seen, uh, Foggy Bear's got gray hair. Yeah, this season he does. Oh, yeah. They they did a very nice quaff on him. And by the way, guys, I apologize if I keep calling him Foggy Bear, but it's just that's who he is. So Right, right. Just, because yeah. we, we love Marcy. We love Marcy. And, 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 and her love for him. Arguably, they could have used two or three more Marcy scenes this season. Oh, yeah. But I'm glad they didn't like make her a hostage because it's about Karen, not her. Oh, yeah. This is it. I forgot how early on our agent buddy was just sickened by this. Yeah, right, right. He's totally sickened by this whole... Yeah. So here's where I was wrong. I was wrong that the Indian guy doesn't know that Fisk is full of shit and really dangerous here, but I I forgot that he didn't suspect his superiors are being corrupt whatsoever. That's that's where he was a dummy, our agent buddy. Not Fisk, but yes. Correct. I, but uh, to be honest, with his female superior, I didn't see it coming either. Here he is. Presidential Hotel, which he has owned stock in dead. You'd think the FBI would know this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I've been talking a lot. I don't remember the setup as to why it's here. I guess this was part of the, the plan. I guess they figured they could secure this hotel uh, better than any other hotel yeah. in town. So this is what opening credits are supposed to do, like with Battlestar, is having it really intense get your heart going first three minutes and then give you a second to breathe and digest what's going on mm-hmm. oh yeah by the way Battlestar opening up there with this jj and vikings in my opinion oh. i think uh-huh. the homeland opening is also brilliant yeah it is i'm trying to think of other ones that are as impressive as this mm-hmm. one i love this one so much by the way that in the comics from 1964 when he was created till 1998 was considered volume one so the same way Spider-Man was like classic Spider-Man for 30 years, and then they've tried to re-envision him until 98. It was basically the Stan Lee plus Jack Kirby and Bill Everett's creation. Wow. There it wow. is. Created by Stan Lee and Bill Everett. Created by Jim yeah, Goddard, our boy, the Martian. Yeah. Dad, they talk openly about in the early comics, Matt's uh, multiple personality, dis- quasi-multiple personality disorder. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you and I are not just reaching in the... Here we go. Oh, this is great because this is like a Natalie Portman's horrible date at the beginning of, of, of <laughs> Thor 2 with your Scottish guy who you love from the TV show. She goes on a date with. Um, right. <laughs> oh, do you know who that woman is? Uh, she uh, is a, wi- the wife. His, it's his wife. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know who she is. I recognize her, but I don't. Uh, should I know her from something? She's a voice actress and classic character actress. Oh. Um, and she is a very Meredith Salinger. She's married to recently to uh, who's the short comedian from Mystery Science Theater. Um, he was on Jerry's show. Um, but he she is a very close buddy of Will Wheaton for a long time. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Oh, this is their son. Here comes the setup. Yeah, she's so pissed. Mom's pissed. Karen's not, of course. Well, Karen's pissed. 
Yes, more wine. Oops. Really? <laughs> she met Pat Oswald, sorry, two years ago. Oh, oh, Pat Oswald. Oh. Yep, who was also a friend of the Wheaton clan, all of them, and they, they got married late. They already had a kid together, and they got married. Uh, also, Meredith Salinger is a big dummy dad. She graduated from Harvard. Mm. Come loud in a degree in psychology. So acting is like a side gig for her. But Pat, his first wife, tragically, to, to cancer or something. So this is his second wife. Which is probably why they waited. Yeah. Yeah. He went to William and Mary. Patton? Mm-hmm. Did he? Here's Karen trying so hard. Now, this is a mirror, of course, when they went. To, she went to the fancy restaurant with Matt in the first season. And I talk about how Matt, they did the move that I do when it's awkward, which was leave and go to a shitty Chinese restaurant, which is where yeah, right, these two right. should go away from these parents. But it's right. now Karen's just being nice to her boss. I've decided well, the only misstep in the season from a writing standpoint is how quickly the boss turns on her, not telling the secret, but that's a long way away. So we can wait. Okay. Meredith Salinger. Meredith Salinger is hilarious, but neurotic in real life. And when she comes on to play board games, like a lot of the women, she yeah. is there to win and dominate. Oh, that's funny. The women on Will Wheaton's shows always are more competitive. That's funny. Huh? Oh, she was on a double episode with the gorgeous Indian woman. Um, I'll get back to you on that. Here's the wine. She's so obsessed with Matt at this point. There's no way she's interested in uh, yeah, I, I, in the, any other gay guy. Well, here's the thing. It's not a good match with him, but we talked about how she needs a Jewish dad. He, she could use a Jewish boyfriend, not this guy. True, true. That is true. Well, they just found out about the Fisk fiasco. Uh, uh, do you know who Kelly Hugh is? Uh-uh. He's still trying to back her off of this story. She's no shrink and violent, with this girl. So, you know, I talked about how we needed the priest and the nun to be very flawed and overly righteous to humanize Matt. I think oh. they needed to go a little anti-character over the top uh, with Mr. Kanish in order to, okay, we'll get back to Mr. Kanish. Here she yes, is. We Here is she is, important. a full-bodied, gorgeous, hilarious beauty with amazing acting talent. You know I have a nose for this, Dad. This girl is going places. Let's hope so. I was right about Electra. Oh. She's so good with him. It's a great relationship. Love it's kind her. of like Jessica and Luke Cage in that it maybe shouldn't work, but the chemistry is off the charts. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Foggy bear. And in both cases, you think it'd be the woman holding them back, but it's really the man that does. Yeah. Not now, obviously. He's he's got uh, survivor guilt here. Amy Rutberg, <laughs> I love it. Is her name November eleventh, nineteen eighty one? You're welcome, America. Oh, another eighty one. Uh huh. Wow. Her last name's Rutberg. 
she's uh, performed over a dozen Colbert sketches, among other things. She's been in NCIS, Law and Order. Yeah, I think I now I can I can picture it in in some Colbert sketches. These actresses that are good enough to be in whole uh you know, a, a chains of like NCIS episodes live to do shows like this. Mm. You know, I talk about Natalie Portman playing herself in Thor 1 Awkward Science Girl. I think yeah. Lucy's playing herself. Okay, here we go, dad. Now he finds out. And now Matt knows. Yeah. Hello, foot. Hello, balls. Foot, meat, balls. <laughs> I forget what happens to him here, but it should be interesting. I'm really glad they showed Foggy as the first one because he was the one who got stuck with the case. Of Frank didn't want it. Sissy, and I think that he's he ends up being very close to uh, in proximity to uh, Karen, but they don't know it, or they do discover each other. I, I can't. Can I, I read you something really quickly? Yeah, Foggy Nelson, Matt's closest friend in the comics, uh, was very fraught with tension. Nelson's sense of inferiority, but also Murdoch's preference for defending supervillains—not vigilante supervillains. Here we go. This is an an interesting device. Crazy Matt's having a conversation. This is the uh, Ray Kylo Skype from Last Jedi, which I love. Uh huh. He's, he's so Shakespearean, Fisk. To me, this is maybe the best. These scenes are the best part, and to me, in the Last Jedi, the Kylo Ray Skype sessions are maybe the best part. It just mm. is an amazing device because you know it's not real, but it doesn't make it any less real. Matt's religious uh, crisis continues, deepens. See. There they are. They're proximal. That's how Deb wears her hair on all the nerd stuff. Although she dresses oh. way down, but she uh-huh. pulls it back. Yeah. Yeah. See, here's here's Matt's voice coming out of Fisk's mouth. Your father, Matt. Right. Matt's tormented about his father, but guess who actually killed his father? That would be Fisk. In the comics, Dad, Matt is actually very close with Peter Parker as Spider-Man. They're one of the only ones who knows each other's secrets. Oh. She felt his vibe, but didn't quite see him. Kingpin was not a Daredevil villain until Frank Miller, who's also a big Batman guy, wrote Daredevil in the 90s. Guess oh. who was the big villain of Daredevil in the early days? Who? Purple Man, a.k.a. Kilgrave. No. Yep. Oh, and wow. from the early days, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage were among his best friends, and even the wow. Punisher, a reluctant ally. All of this from the early comics. I had no idea. Wow, that's so interesting. So the fact that they based this version of the Defenders off of Daredevil's history is extremely smart. Fake news. It's not released. There, there, there you go. That, that's why he's there. Because the U.S. government's... Can I, can I give you a really nerdy film thing really quickly? Yeah. You know, in a lot of shows, they go, they cut to the person's face. It's the other person. You can't tell if they're even in the same room. Yeah. They almost never don't have the actors in the same frame. I wonder where they filmed this, these particular scenes. Where? Mm-hmm. Ray Nadim is played by Jay Ali. 
This is, a, you know, I mean, this is Midtown. You, you, you've been on this block. Uh, no, this, I know. That's, I'm, that's uh, why I'm saying specifically where I, this I is. I think it's Madison Avenue, that street that we just saw. I think it's Madison Avenue. Uh, um, this could be the Four Seasons right, right here. JLA has been in a bunch of South Indian uh, films as well as American. This could be the Four Seasons. Well, he's going to that's right. It's he's already going up to the penthouse in this episode. I mean, again, when you do shaky cam correctly like Winter Soldier in the Bourne movies, you don't notice it, but it, you it's there. Yeah. Matt's eyes look so clear this season. It's it's really interesting. He does it's like he doesn't even have the energy to put up a front as much. <laughs> FBI. So the very low level FBI guys are, are just tools. It's the mid to high level people that are screwing up. Yeah, I don't remember that dimension of the story. It'll be interesting to see it again. By the way, Meredith Salinger dead. Uh, Mr. K- Mrs. Kanish, when she's not acting, is a full time <laughs> lawyer for the agent for dispute re- resolution in L.A. Jeez, wow! Isn't she uh, the the Renaissance woman? Wow. Her family is Jewish, born to an interior designer and dentist. So they are all actually Jewish, those people. Huh. Is is Mr. Kanish Jewish? I forget. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. His name is Jeffrey Cantor. Cantor, so you make your decision. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is that with a K or a C? Look, we said it. Black people and Jews. That's New York. That is New York. And some Irish and Italian Catholics. I mean, that's literally New York. Yeah. Yep. I wonder what Fisk, his dad is, his horrible dad seems Catholic. This is great. Yeah. The only difference, Dad, is Ray and Kylo are actually talking to each other. They don't know how. They don't know Snoke setting it up. This is, I guess, in his head. This, this is, is also like what head. they call head Baltar and head six in Battlestar, right? Mm-hmm. Where six mm-hmm. is talking to Baltar, but occasionally head Baltar talks to six. Yeah, no, this is all, all in his head. Totally obsessed. But like with Baltar, who knows it's in his head, it doesn't make it any less disturbing. It actually makes it more disturbing. By the way, Jessica Jones, quote, a former superhero turned private investigator, acts in the comics as a bodyguard for Matt Murdock and his civilian life. <laughs> oh, gee. Hmm. Not, not Luke Cage or Iron Fist. Also, Iron Fist has been Daredevil before in the comics. As I told you, Iron Fist is better equipped. Both Iron Fist, Colleen and Danny, better equipped to do this job. No, I think this is Fisk looking at his uh, white painting from his real penthouse. This shot with him doing nothing could be his like Academy Awards clip right here. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is look at him. Yeah, he's so vacant inside, and when Vanessa doesn't respond how he wants when she arrives, that takes it to a new level. Vanessa's very, very different in this season than last because she's been a prisoner. This guy is great. He is really good. 
all the characters we know and love dead in this had to step up and be awesome. Cox, Wall, Alden Henson, etc. D'Onofrio. But the one new guy that they had to nail was Dex. Right. Up here. Thus begins the shutting off of the cameras. Mm-hmm. This is so illegal. It is so illegal. By the way, that Dex was a major character in Generation Kill. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was with, what's his name from The Wire? This is definitely his big break. He does have a pilot coming out in which he is the lead. Oh, really? Yeah, it's about an L.A. County courthouse. Judges, lawyers, clerks, cops, all... Hmm. She's been in Spain the whole time. Now, Wilson Bethel, who plays Dex, is another child from soap operas. In his case, Young and the Restless. Very common among a lot of these young actors. Is that right? Mm-hmm. They really come up through the Oh, soaps. yeah. Brittany Snow, uh, Will Holland, who played uh, huh. Thea Queen, uh, the Arrow's sister on Arrow, who I'm in love with. Um, a lot of the child actors. It's like either through Disney or through soap operas. Oh, all right. Huh. And Kendrick was on Broadway, but that's an exception. Is that where she started? Well, she got nominated for a Tony at 12, so she must have been doing something. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. What's more impressive, that or Haley Steinfeld Oscar at 12? You can argue both. Yeah, you can. You absolutely could argue it either way. Yes, here we go. Thus begins Foggy annoying someone for that. That's Foggy's superpower is persistence and annoying being annoying, <laughs> right? I mean, seriously. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. what the, he is. He's tenacious. Yet another Dogged. spectacular black co-lead or secondary lead in a Netflix series that we're just starting to get in Marvel on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inspired. Ooh. Wow. Oh, yeah. Getting right up in his grill. They both said the right thing. Look how look how focused Foggy is. I, I think Eldon Henson is actually like this with his confidence in real life, and they just had to figure out how to write to his actual personality, like with Karen. Mm. Here we go. Okay. Dad, give me a commentary on this. This guy is kind of like a wire character and that he never does as much as he should in his position. Very much so, yeah. He really is, is reminiscent of, of a wire character. I actually think... <laughs> Whoops, <laughs> that didn't work. I think this guy's better than some of the wire characters that are like him. So he fought a tooth and nail. It didn't work. I'm moving on. What's his name? Blake Tower. Blake Tower, yeah. So, Dad, just to tease it, this is the only season that in the climactic episodes, Matt Murdock says, okay, Foggy, we'll do it your way. And his way and Karen ways fail miserably. Yes. Like, it, we earn the Daredevil beatdown at the end of this season more than the others because he exhausts all options. 
This guy was in Luke Cage. Which, which Blake running for? Um, district attorney. But he's not already district attorney? No, he's running because what's her name got capped. Oh, Who right. Who do you think looks like Becca? Right. Miss Cardenas, that's from season one. Oh, the poor Latin lady. That's yeah. Where, that's where him and Karen really bonded. Yeah, that was brutal. And on rewatch, that's where I'm like, okay, they're starting to understand these two characters, even though they don't get it fully in season one. They give Foggy such hard lines and he nails them. Yeah. Wow. That was a nicely acted scene by the Fogmeister. Canceling my check. That's exactly what you should do. That's right. Oh, he's still uh, skulking around the hotel. Steven Ryder plays um, Blake Tower. Oh. He was apparently introduced in Luke Cage, but we didn't watch that. if you can hear this from wow third time notice the sound the 3d sound design on his voice Uh uh-huh (laughs) oh that's interesting wow that's uh, Matt's conscience really going after him. I should have killed him. I should have killed him. None of this stuff, other stuff would have happened. Huh. This is a lawyer. I have a thing about this guy, Wilson Bethel, but I'm going to save it for later. Okay. Can't even kill yourself. These are great lines that that are coming out of uh, out of Matt's conscience. That's about D'Onofrio. You can't even tell if they're good or bad lines because they all come out 170% with him. Yeah. So, Dad, the CW, which I always make fun of, actually it's an online, darker, more adult thing called CW Seed. And this guy, Bethel, is an executive producer on that and some of its shows. Gee, that's interesting. And they move stuff like Jane the Virgin, which are very popular, but kind of adult, move it to uh, to the uh-huh. online service. Very similar to this. This guy's great. You just missed there was a call for Dr. Brenner. Yeah, I think I would have just cut some of him in his family scene, but then maybe it doesn't sell. Uh, it's so hard for me not to hate her because I know the truth now. Yeah, and I can't remember it, so I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> she, she's really double dealing? 
And now he's ridden with guilt for orchestrating this whole Fiskian thing. Daredevil 1947, mid-60s, Matt Murdock defends a blind Vietnam veteran against a frame-up, which is very reminiscent of the Frank Castle case in the series. Oh, wow. Stanley has cited that story as one of his favorite in his entire career. Wow. That's and really interesting. He's already girlfriends with Karen Page and knows her, she knows the identity by about 1967, 1968, but they break <coughs> up th- quickly thereafter. <coughs> She's no Mary Jane. I have all new appreciation for this guy now knowing what goes on. Yeah. Because I said we're getting kicked in the balls, but you know what? No one gets kicked in the balls worse to the series than him. That's right. That's exactly right. Boy, the rhythm of this episode is really slow. Um, I love it. Yeah, they're taking their time. They're yeah, patient. But look how quickly they change shots and there's always something going on. Mm, yummy uh, asshole right. <laughs> i remember watching all this though and going like fisk is happy to take this insult because he know he's winning look at him yeah and yeah, exactly the stakes i'm glad that for- his physical performance is precise but not n- neurotically or compulsively precise it's, it's important compulsive. that he's natural with his environment. Like, like uh, he could have done a little micro adjustment there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, he's putting on a show. Here, here it comes. Here it comes. He's flipping decks, Dad. Go ahead. Yeah, that's his first attempt. Absolutely. Because guess what Dex hasn't had in years as a great therapist? And guess who seems to be his dark therapist now? I, I think is the idea with Wilson Fisk. I think that's right. Right. I mean, it is a bit of a stretch to blame Fisk for this little FBI massacre that happened. It's the Albanians. Well, let's not remember that while Fisk has defended and lied about Dex, he knows the truth. Dex doesn't even buy it. He's already going. Well, Dex got ice water running through his veins. It's not clear to me how he remains so long and so high up in, in his role, given his backgrounds. Um People with far less mental illness than him can't do this. You can't even get a, a small gun to protect yourself in New York with the mental illness background. Mm. Here it comes. Yeah, there we go. Giving him a little jerk off. Flattery will get you everywhere. He's getting to him already. Look at that. He's getting to Dex already. Dex can feel the seductiveness of it. By the way, Ben Yurick, the reporter who died. Yeah. Yeah. Also in early Daredevil, but he's on the Daily Bugle, which is uh, Peter Parker's paper with J. Joe and Jameson. Electra also an early love interest for Daredevil. Hmm. Hmm. Here it comes. This is the FBI shrink, right? He's not wrong. He's not wrong in this particular He's instance. 
Even Frank Castle puts on a mask in a way. Yeah. How are you? This guy is not the woman that he fell in love with as a kid. Oh, he's making all this up. He's cold-blooded. So th- this villain goes how far back in the in the series? I don't know. Uh, ricochet. I'm not sure. This is why the Hurt Locker is so brilliant and memorable and deservedly so, and why American Sniper was a horrible war- non-war movie disguised as a war movie. There's more war movie maturity going on here than anything in American Sniper. And I'm sorry to say Michael Bay stuff, which is all bullshit. (laughs) Michael Bay couldn't make a Daredevil episode for his life. Here it comes. This is all a lie, right? He doesn't talk to her about anything, does he? The waitress bartender woman? Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, no. Yeah. That was one of the most brilliant turns, but also writing of the season. It was an ex machina, Deus ex machina, but that made total sense that Daredevil would find. I'm getting ahead. Sorry. I'm going to stop. We haven't even met her. Right. Yeah. He, he, has, a, he has an imaginary relationship with her, right? Mm-hmm. Do, I, do I remember that correctly? By the way, Jay Ali, who plays Agent Nadim, is English of Pakistani d- descent, so he's putting on oh. a great New York accent. They get all these brilliant English, South African, Australian actors, and they've mostly been nailing the accents. Uh oh. This is a lawyer, Fisk's lawyer. I don't remember this scene. This guy is basically the Jewish lawyer of the Barksdales. Yeah, right. Vanessa. Protection of Vanessa. Somehow they made that wire lawyer very Jewish, but not stereotypical. Yeah. Feds will drop it, doing it all for her. He's not wrong. No, no, he's telling me the truth now. He's nowhere near as as strong or smart as Fisk, but he knows the company line. But dad, I hate to say it, Vanessa is just a piece of art on the wall like everything else. Here we go. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm ready to agree with that. And I'm not sure I'm ready to be done here in 10 minutes because 11 minute fight is the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. Who's, who's, Whose bodyguard is this? The creator of Daredevil, Bill Everett, co-creator, actually was thinking more of a low-level Superman when they created him, not Batman clone. Who are these guys? All Charlie Cox. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear what I said? No. In terms of Daredevil's powers, they were thinking of like low-level Superman, not a Batman clone. 
Oh, Superman, Superman without the flying and the laser eyes, but with oh. the sensory stuff. Yep. <laughs> I almost feel like we should get to Danny Glover. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So th- these are FBI FBI agents. It's hard to Don't know. Go- I if they're wearing they blue good. jackets, yeah. Yeah, FBI. Yeah. Right. Well, how's he got the worst thing you can do is put a gun close to a guy who can fight. God, the fighting is good in this series. Yeah, it really is. This looks straight from Bourne. The oh, color is the yeah. parking lot. Yeah, good point. But not too many cuts. When he's back in... I'm still waiting for the stunt double for for Matt Murdock. I'll let you know when it happens. It hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen in the 11-minute children of men fight. There was the left. He dropped him with the left. Yeah, baby. (laughs) I think about boxing dad. Oh, here we go. Let's say it, let the devil out. He loves to. He's not he loves wrong. To corrupt, corrupt people. Fisk. This is a this is a Batman thing. Not knowing when to stop punching with the anger. Oh. Oh, Wilson. But remember, that's not Wilson. No, that's no, his Matt. deepest insecurities manifesting. Right. Yeah, it's Matt's conscience. I do love the first time we get Kingpin in the classic white outfit that Kingpin wears in the comics is in his dreams, and then we get it in the actual series later. Mm-hmm. Well, he's back in fighting form, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Also, the Daredevil Superman connection is being so powerful in their own ways that they can prevent good guys from dying and bad uh-huh. guys from dying. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like he can tell her anything it's like when she goes to the punisher's house last season and she's like i know you guys told me specifically not to but yeah exactly like that that's the daughter of the i would love for you to talk about mitch mitchell here because he's the one i have the most trouble following writing wise this season even though he's a great actor Well, he's just here we go. I mean, he's just hyper paternalistic toward her, right? We have to assume they're under horrible financial pressure. Here comes Smarty Pants. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so this you you remembered the hotel somehow had a fist connection, right? Is that what you said? Mm Mm-hmm. Donovan. Those are the lawyers. Yep, I definitely remember that. Now he's interested. So he's... I bet you she nails these exposition takes in like two or three takes because she's such a fucking nerd. She's the perfect person. Is Kazemi one of the Albanians? Mm -hmm. The leader of the Albanians? Uh Uh-huh. 
They all know. All three of them know. They should be working together, Dad. Ugh. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. I want Team Jessica Jones to be working together. Well, he just he just turned Kinesh. I guess what, Trish killed Jess's mom, right? Is that what happened? You know, I, I don't know. I didn't know what, yeah, what that sentence. I think Trish I killed Jess's mom. Well, good, because her, her mother was a uh, an abomination. She needed to be killed before they even brought her into the second season. Wait, they Jessica's, no, Jessica's mom, not Trisha's mom. Jessica's mom. Real mom, who they thought was dead. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Her real biological yeah, yeah. mother. They should have yeah. shot her. But in Trish the- Walker in the comics is, is, is Hellcat, who's like a backup sidekick of JJ. I think we got it. We mm-hmm. get it. All right. Well, we have to have the blood washing. It wouldn't be a Daredevil episode if he weren't washing blood off himself. Doing his finest impersonation of Mel Gibson. Oh, here comes mom. Well, at least you're upright. <laughs> She's a sassy nun. I do love this character. I think they did a great job with this. There were honestly times early on because I didn't know the secret. I thought they were going to like hook up and have a weird thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because she keeps looking very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. She is dolled up. And it's also how she carries herself, you know? And then when and you see looks- her as the gorgeous young woman, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And she looks at him with loving eyes, but yeah. they're loving maternal eyes. Not come hither loving eyes. Mm. It's amazing what they can do with these women. I mean, if you if you compare the quality of the characterization of this nun and the mother in JJ two, oh yeah, it's yeah. just oh my god, it's very disturbing. So somehow this woman's only almost sixty years old. Yeah, and she's English. Never would know it. Okay, I love her. Please don't start with Job again. Right. He's looking for signs. Yeah, right. Or God's biting him. Uh Uh-huh. Like a a good Catholic looking for signs. Yeah, probably. (laughs) She she never minces a word. Nope. Yeah, he knows there's something else to it. Something more than Vanessa. His instincts are good here, at least. It's Vanessa plus, plus, plus. She's got good lines, this girl. Yeah, I think it's my theory that she thinks she can do a better job mothering right now with the secret still in place. Correct. I think that is correct. Because she knows he'll flip out when he finds out, and he does. Right. She's the old authority figure that raised him. This is the whole secret threshold. The longer you keep it, 
the worse it's going to get when the truth comes out. But if you're getting good results by keeping the secret, Dad, right? It's a yeah. like both morally and practically it becomes very difficult. Correct. Correct. I agree with that. Here we go. Who's that, Dex? Dex swallowing a fistful of pills. <laughs> that is a recipe for badness. Uh, here she is. Oh, this is the the imaginary girlfriend. Yeah. Now, yeah. one one villain in Daredevil's early history uh, is called Mary, and she has a split personality. She's actually the bad guy or one of the bad guys in uh, Iron Fist season two. Oh, how interesting. Who's um, excellent, Eve? Hmm. And, and evil Eve. Killing Eve. Eve. Killing Eve. Is that no? Is that the woman? Yeah. 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 Killing Eve. Yeah, that's her. Uh-huh. But in Killing Eve, uh, uh, Eve is, 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 the, is the target, is the victim that an assassin wants to kill, at least initially. What a great series. Everybody needs to watch Killing Eve. It's just, it's so derivative. Got two fabulous female leads, two and a half. It's a great show, really well written. Also written and developed by a woman. Phoebe, somebody, somebody. Yeah, that's actually not the show I'm thinking of, but that is a great show and recommend it to everybody. Uh, oh, well, you Alice Eve, about, sorry. About Alice Eve movie? plays Mary Walker with a split personality. Mm. There's a movie, isn't there, all about Eve or something? Mm. Foggy Bear. They do a great job. Here and there and everywhere. With these interiors. Look at that. That's just he that's is great. The foggy bear. <laughs> what do you want to see? get out of town? Oh no, it's Blake. I, I mean, let's be travel. honest. Karen, when she's saying this girlfriend material, but of any loyal, one loyal close friend, you want this guy, right? This guy would take a take bullet, care. literally, figuratively. Look, uh, oh, look yes, at this. yes. Look what we're it. getting. I I forgot that. And this isn't real. That's a Neil line. He says it like a thousand times. It's real. Yeah. What is real? Wow. Look at that. Why Why did Matt do this? By the way, we've never talked in all of this about how Matt's seeing the world is similar to how Neil sees the Matrix code. Oh. Huh. Take a seat. <laughs> Take a seat. <laughs> That's kind of a stilted, stilted line. I like that Matt doesn't have access to a lot of clothes and he's fine with that. Yeah, I'm 75 percent sure I'm not hallucinating. Uh, this is right. This is the problem. Yeah, he should. Yeah, yeah. Full full time mm-hmm. double D. And this is what Spider Man never has to go through until he's much older. Uh, Spider Man sees no problem between his two identities. Uh-huh. Oh, that's why he showed up because he knows that yeah. that they're both in in danger from Fisk from his hallucinations about Fisk. Mm. Oh, he also doesn't know how much Foggy knows, I believe. Here it comes. Oh, God. Here comes the safety thing. Doesn't he end this by saying, like, I'll never see you again or something? Maybe. I don't remember it well. Here it is, though. He says, you're going to try and fight Fisk. Stay out of it. Here's the thing, Dad. Matt's right. For the first time ever... His bullshit at the beginning of a season turns out to be right at the end of a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. (laughs) 
Oh, look at Foggy. Yeah, he's hurt. Once again, Matt thinks he's doing the righteous. So Matt takes precepts as we do in philosophy in his we're logical done, train. He said, he said, we're done, buddy. So that's pretty close to what you, what you said. Right. That we're so have. he starts with the right precepts and goes halfway down the logical train, but his conclusions are always flawed and not based on his own logic. Mm, yep. If he wants to keep them safe, he needs to stay in touch with them. Yeah. I mean, how is he proposing that, that Foggy... Foggy's going to be safe by staying out of it? No. Fisk will hunt him down. I, I, I do like, though, that he... With each of these encounters, unlike season one and two, Dad, he's emotionally winded, if not worse, and he seems to be more aware, even though he's saying bullshit. Here we go! He, he just pickpocketed Foggy's wallet. Mm-hmm. One of the best parts of the Defender is, even though Matt's arguably the least powerful of them, the hand is extremely scared because of his training with Stick, and he always gets up. Oh, right. So the devil's back. The devil's back. Here we go. Oh. The, the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Oh, man. All right. That was a nice episode. Very different. Very different. I gave a lot of history that episode, but it yeah, was a little right. slow, so I feel like I chose the right one, and I got mostly out, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good, it was yeah. a good episode to do background research. Can for. I very briefly, though, Dad, tell you why? In addition to Jessica Jones being the most popular character in show in terms of ratings, and why I keep saying of all the defenders, she's the one that's going to keep getting shows. But with the new MCU on TV and the new characters on screen, can I just, can I just t- tell you a little bit? Yeah. So Jessica Jones originally by Jessica Campbell. Uh, she wasn't introduced till 2001 by our boy Michael Brian Michael Bendis. She goes to school with Peter Parker, whom she has a crush on. She wins tickets to Disney World from his boss Tony Stark. Okay, there's one. So she goes to she goes there. She meets some people. She turns into Jewel, which is her hero name, until she realizes it's ridiculous and goes to Jessica Jones. Oh. Kilgrave mind controls her to kill Daredevil. So oh. Kilgrave, so she goes to kill Daredevil at the Avengers Mansion. But guess who rescues her? Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel. Oh my goodness! She meets Ant Man, Luke Cage. Works for, works for the Daily Bugle, J. Jonah Jameson, which is Spider-Man and where, you know, where Karen works and so forth. Uh-huh. Uh, she also works against the Scarlet Witch. When the Scarlet Witch goes crazy, she comes across Beast from the X-Men. Her brain that has to be saved by Jean Grey, who is, when she's uh-huh. not the evil Dark Phoenix, we're about to see with Sophie Turner in a few days. Jean Grey is more powerful than Professor X with telepathy. So Jean uh-huh. Grey has to come in, clear Jessica Jones's mind, and so the, the, with Jessica Jones, this would be amazing. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but as they try and figure out how to work in the X-Men, but also keep the crossovers going more between the MCU on TV um, or streaming and the MCU on screen, even Dead Eye in the first two issues of Alias, which is Jessica Jones' introduction 2001-2005, Carol Danvers is one of her only close friends because they're oh. both nuts. And my biggest problem with the Captain Marvel movie and portrayal so far is that the Carol in the comics is yes super powered but also extremely neurotic extremely complicated oh. has no oh. inner filter and her and jessica are like two of the truth tellers oh um, huh. 
and most of Carol's friends are either in the Air Force where she, you know, comes from, like Rhodey, who she has the thing with, or super powerful people, or in space. (laughs) But she and Jessica are very, very close friends because they're both disturbed for different reasons, but sort of have each other's back. Wow, that's very interesting. Yep. So there you go. So All right. I said this was the beginning of the kicking in the balls episode, but it was mostly JL Lee uh, as um, uh, as Nadim, who's who's starting to realize how much uh, ball kicking is going on to him. Uh, but with the eleven minute fight in the prison, where Daredevil majorly miscalculates and should not survive that fight, um, that's going to be an awesome. Uh, just uh, analyzing film and a quick tease, guys. Me and my dad are trying to decide. I um, this will connect, Dad, and I'll let you go. A Wes Anderson movie because yep. while movies like Moonrise Kingdom and, and Rushmore are very deep character wise, all of his movies are masterworks in filmmaking, and we've never yes. really done that. You know, that's right. That's and exactly so ma- right. Maybe the eleven-minute fight will be a good a ramp up for us to do uh, Grand Budapest to see if yeah. we can really sustain. Because Grand Budapest is amazing acting and writing, but it's mostly about the sets and the filming and so forth. And yeah. so we'll see if we can. Because I would love to do that. Because my podcast and commentaries obviously end up getting super heady in addition to laughing about stuff. Now, with Wes Anderson, there's no chance we won't be laughing no matter oh, what. God. I know. So, um, did that make sense though about about you know just doing straight on like film? Uh, yes, but without it being analysis, with it being more like a running uh, spontaneous commentary stream of consciousness, as opposed to like a well, here's where they use this thing and blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had the same feeling about Grand Budapest and the kind of kind of commentary it it would be because it's not really about. As you said offline uh, last week when we were talking about it, uh, mm-hmm. it's not really about um, uh, character explication. Um, it's uh, it's just uh, it's just vi- visually comedic. The mm-hmm. whole thing is just visually comedic, and it's just. Mm-hmm. It's just a, an incredible, mm-hmm. a genius piece of filmmaking. And just really quick to tie up the history from earlier. So, yeah, so all the main friends and side characters mostly were introduced early on or in Jessica Jones's case, like the second she was introduced, Kilgrave mind controlled her to kill Daredevil. Um, but interestingly, Dad, Frank Miller, who is, you know, responsible for turning Batman into the Dark Knight. I mean, oh. Bat- Batman was literally the Batman you watched on TV in the comics until he became the Dark Knight and started being more of a brutal vigilante like Arrow and Daredevil and so mm. forth. But I will mm. say, it was in the 80s that the ninjas, Stick, the Chased, Electra, and the Hand were introduced. Wow. Wow. Um, but... But but Frank Miller's extremely classy, uh, classy classic, born Daredevil, born again in the late '80s, early '90s is sort of psychologically and visually what we see from the Daredevil. Here. Oh, I see. Mm. All right. Um, and a very quick uh, correction. Um, I first called Dex, uh, boomerang. And then I called him Ricochet. Yes, right. Well, I was wrong on all counts. Uh, 
is actually Bullseye, and he was played horribly, not his fault, in the terrible Ben Affleck uh, Daredevil from the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Colin Farrell tried to go straight Heath Ledger w- uh, with Bullseye, and it ended up being like one of the all-time most horrible perform. Like Ben Affleck's bad performance in the movie's terribleness was overshadowed by how horrible Colin Farrell was, but not in the entertaining Nick Cage uh, or John Voight way. Just oh, bad. Oh. Um, but uh, Bullseye is considered one of the best um, uh, uh, villains. Um, and uh, of many reasons we want Daredevil season four is, um, oh, can I, can I just ask you one really quick question? Then we'll close up since we're not yeah. doing another one about the Punisher season two without spoilers. Yeah. So in, in season two of Daredevil dad, I kept harping on the fact that they set up this relationship with the Punisher and all the characters, including him and Kingpin, but it never pays off because we don't see him in this season or the Defenders, and when we see Punisher Season 1, he's got his own thing going on. That would have been really helpful in the battle for New York against the Hand, and now against Wilson Fisk to have the Punisher. And yeah, I, what? what I know, at least from Punisher Season 2, is that he's doing his own story off the reservation. Marvel just needs to decide who's in and who's out. If the Punisher is going to be in his own like Punisher-verse, that's fine. But remember, Dad, we thought Deadpool was going to be in his own Deadpool verse. But now they're laying the seeds for X-Force yeah. that Ryan yeah. Reynolds wants. Ryan Reynolds, Domino. Uh, Daphne Keen as X-23. Uh, Olivia Munn as Psylocke. I mean, all of these characters, you know, Cable with Josh Brolin. I mean, we love Deadpool 2. All of those characters that survive and are part of Deadpool 2 team, other than Ricky. Ricky! Um, uh, are in the classic rated R X Force comics, so he's trying to build towards something. So we will see that when we see X Men this weekend. Uh, you know, again, they're not allowing reviews until day of, which normally people say is a horrible sign, but they said that about Captain Marvel, and it worked out yes. okay. Right. So it's fine. Uh, um, they did reshoot the final third of the movie, and so th- there's two possibilities. Uh, one is they shot it to be even more conclusive final than ever in case they decide to recast or whatever or they decided to start connecting it to the ryan reynolds x-verse which by the way you remember that tease in deadpool 2 where he opens the door and mcavoy and uh, all this you know and and nick halt and all them are there and so forth yeah so if they're letting ryan reynolds be a sort of an executive producer slash just general awesome creative mind for their rated r future my guess is they save some of the best x-men characters move them into the rated r x-men you know logan deadpool verse um right. but then the question becomes you know the mcu tv or whatever um so sorry I, I just dropped a lot on you there we won't know until we see x-men until we get um news and then when disney plus launches with scarlet witch and sam and bucky see how dark and what the tone of that will be but they are on disney plus dad they are on disney plus wow. now if rogue wow. one is on disney plus which it is that's the darkest thing they've done pg-13 mm-hmm. so if it's going to be darker than rogue one then it'll be on uh on hulu but there is uh, no way with the financial critical and just mainstream cultural success of all everything deadpool and logan that yeah. they're not going to pursue rated r stuff so the question is what do we do with the defenders who are borderline rated r and what yeah. do we do with the x-men who dead let's be honest well pg-13 the the dystopian theme of every x-men movie is sure. almost like children of men level adults sure sure so absolutely. that's the way i hope to go so okay 
So All right. we'll get, we'll have you on for the next episode. This was fantastic. Thank you so yep. much. I hope Thank you. I hope I wasn't too pedantic, but I just felt like this was the time to get some history out there, and uh, you m- might be interested. It was a slow burn, but I-, I was watching every second of it. And again, I wasn't really watching the dialogue. I'll let you have final thought on this one as much as the facial stuff and the action and so forth. Yeah, no, I- I'm really glad you did that research that uh, connects it back to the, the original, yep. um, the original comic book property. That, that was really interesting. Yeah, and now we know. We know. We know that all of this goodness comes ultimately from the Daredevil universe, which we thought was the case. Right. Um, but also Brian Michael Bendis's tone with Jessica Jones. Remember, Marvel had a rated R comic book spinoff uh, imprint called Max in the mm. early 2000s that was literally launched by Jessica Jones with F words and nudity and violence and so forth um, that they ended up moving away from other than, again, in X-Force and, and so forth. We're going to see it. So, yeah, it's a mix of the Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which is what we have always scene so thank you so much bizzlecast listeners we'll be coming back at you soon uh with uh episode four with the 11 minute fight which (laughs) yeah i don't know that might be the one episode this season i maybe will watch um ahead of time oh okay to see all right you guys have been awesome may the force be with you but for now the bizzlecast is out